Welcome to the LAR Ed Tech Hour Teaching Practice Podcast, where we explore the experiences of Okanagan College instructors associated with their day-to-day teaching practice. Today we're joined by Dr. Chris Clarkson, who's a history professor both in the Sam and Arm and Vernon campuses. Oh, welcome, Chris. Thanks, Carl. We're so happy to have you here. And in particular, because of course, over this past uh, year or so, year and a half or so, many of us have adapted our teaching to give a strong environment, a good learning environment for our students during COVID time. And, and now that we're teaching face-to-face with students, we're bringing some of those ad- adaptations into our classrooms. And so I'm really excited to hear how perhaps your teaching has changed now that you are doing face-to-face classes. So yeah, please tell us about this, Chris. Definitely. Uh, COVID really inspired a lot of changes for me. And I think my classes are better now than they were before the pandemic. I don't think ne- the, the changes are necessarily unique, uh, but they influenced my practices and, uh, and have changed what I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, one of the things that happened right before uh, uh, the, the classes began to go online, I talked with uh, Brad Clements in economics who had been doing online courses prior to the pandemic. And a lot of the uh, advice that he gave to me was really good. And one of the things that I was really determined to do was to make the classes engaging for students. And my classes are, are, are really lecture heavy. So they're about, I would say, 70% lecture and about 30% uh, uh, discussion. I, I considered flipping the classroom and having the students read from the textbook and then having discussions uh, online. Uh, but I thought that in the novel environment, that really wasn't going to be fair to the students or to me. Uh, and I also wondered about the, the interactive communication uh, capacity of, of, of the Collaborate software. So I wasn't sure that that was really possible. Um, so I thought I'd better continue in the lecture-based format and I'd better make it interesting. And I had talked to Howard Hisdall years ago. He did a number of television presentations on uh, CHBC in the past, and he talked about how much media uh, those television presentations consumed, that uh, he went through pictures much more quickly than he thought he might. Ah. Uh, And so I ended up spending the entire summer of 2020 searching for multimedia to augment my lectures to make them uh, an immersive experience. And so most of what I found in textbooks and online um, and in other books was uh, paintings and photographs and cartoons and maps and charts and, and tables, things like that. Also, uh, audio files and, and, uh, and videos uh, where they were available. Uh, and so I, I took that material and... Um, and I integrated it into the classes, and I, I, I could really see that students were, were interacting with that material because they were asking questions based on the material and often asked, ended up asking questions uh, that on topics that I didn't intend to cover. Uh, and so we had some very good discussions because of the multimedia. It changed the entire class. Uh, and that multimedia, first of all, it's made my classes a lot better, and I'm continuing to use it inside the classroom. And I find that uh, the presentations are much better organized because I thought it through a lot that summer how I was going to do that, uh, that the media is much more comprehensive, comprehensive of course. Uh, and 
that those those uh, those images and and sound files and and videos that they continue to inspire that kind of conversation in the classroom. So it's been really nice to uh, uh, to see that happen. Um, one of the other things that I did at the same time was I developed my own software for presenting. Uh, I don't really like PowerPoint. Uh, I find the transitions too abrupt from one slide to another. So I created a, a, an HTML-based software that has a, a point form outline of my lecture on one side of the screen and a PowerPoint slide on the other side so that uh, the students can follow the lecture in a continuous manner where we're going in that uh, in that. Uh, um, point form outline and they can see the pictures or the videos or whatever at the same time and and uh, over the course of the pandemic i also added a little slide out uh, notepad so that i could add in uh, material for students if they needed something spelled out or wanted a date or that kind of thing uh, so that really helped and so technology played a role in making the changes uh, as it would in a in a technological environment but also, uh, some really low-tech uh, solutions occurred to me to in 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 the attempt to make this all engaging. Um, I like listening to Stuart McLean on the radio, and uh, I remember listening to Alan Maitland tell stories on the on the radio. And so, one of the things I did was I read to my students. Um, primary sources mostly uh, as a way of drawing them in and. In my Chinese history class, I, I read uh, long passages from Shen Tong's uh, book, Almost a Revolution, uh, to, to, so that the students would know what it was like to be a student protester at Tiananmen Square in 1989. Shen Tong was one of the organizers and actually ran a, a radio station that, uh, that organized the, the protests. And, and they could, the students could really experience how exhilarating that was and how frightening it was and how ultimately disappointing it was uh, to go through that experience. Uh, in my Japanese history class, I read uh, speeches uh, from a, a young woman named Kushida Toshiko. Um, uh, their speeches on how frustrating it was to be a young woman in Japan in the 1880s. Uh, and I find that it, it's an amazingly powerful way to make history come alive. And it's something that I didn't do before the, uh, uh, the pandemic, but really started to do uh, during the pandemic. So that was really interesting. And I'm still doing that in my classes. Uh, I think the last thing that really changed was discussions. I have scheduled discussions in classes and I got to know my students in a much different way last year and it was completely unexpected. Um, Collaborate, the software that we were using, has very limited uh, capabilities in terms of uh, uh, allowing interaction. Only a few students can appear on screen uh, and I didn't want to single out particular students to, to go on camera so I, I didn't do that. Um, the students had the option of using their microphones to participate in, in discussions and they had the option of using the chat function. And most of them seemed to be more comfortable using the chat function than the than the microphone. Some some spoke, uh, but a lot of them texted in the in the chat. And the thing that was really interesting to me was that uh, their personalities shone through a lot more in their text comments. They seemed to be more free, more relaxed uh, than when you're in a face to face situation. They made more jokes. They shared more personal anecdotes. I think they felt a little safer when they weren't seen and didn't have to vocalize what they were thinking. And that is something that I haven't made use of since. 
And I'm trying to think of ways to do that uh, in the, in the post-pandemic environment. Um, and I've been looking at uh, using the, the question function on, on Moodle or the, the forums on Moodle to try to bring that out again, because I thought that that was really good. Those are some amazing reflections, amazing ways that you adapted, that the pandemic served as the catalyst for all these different changes, bringing the media in, adapting an HTML-based PowerPoint. I saw that on your screen the other day, and I was going to ask you, that it looks fantastic to keep the students organized. The reading, which of course you're continuing to do, and then yes, trying to think of how you can bring in that text function into the class. I think a number of us noticed that, wow, there's all these great things coming in on the chat that we never expected. So how can we harness that? Absolutely, including during lectures. And you know, the texting was really good because a student could ask a question and you could stop when it was convenient to do so instead of telling a student, you know, kind of not yet, uh, I'll, I'll get to you in a second. I much preferred that. Wow. So lots of really amazing things. And, and Chris, I really appreciate how you articulated all of this. You've given us a number of different things to think about going forward. I really appreciate you joining us and telling us your story. Well, thanks for having me, Carl. Bye for now. Bye.